0: You guys, after months of waiting and a year of writing, my new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is finally out in the world. I want to thank you so much. Every single one of you who has bought the book on ebook or a physical copy or on audio, your support means the world to me. And if you are listening to my podcast and you haven't yet bought the book, you're dead to me. No, I'm totally kidding. But I am serious about how important this book is. I keep talking about it because I sincerely believe there are tools in it that can help change your life. So if you have the $16, I want you to go buy it right now because you love your pal Rach. And if you don't, head to the library or borrow it from a friend. But if you care enough to listen here, you're going to love the wisdom inside of this book. Girl, wash your face. I promise you will not be sorry you did. Welcome to the Deus Podcast. My name is Rachel Hollis, and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll share direct, tangible advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. I wanted to talk to you guys today about something that really used to affect and control my life and is something that i know really affects negatively and controls a lot of your lives too i want to talk about anxiety anxiety what a word i think sometimes we throw it around lightly that you have anxiety over this or worries over that, but when you have truly suffered from an anxiety attack, when it's something that kind of, I don't even want to say kind of, when it's something that plagues your life, you don't know when it's going to pop up, you feel completely incapac- incapacitated when it does, it's the worst i think anxiety controlled my life for gosh for years for years and years and one of the biggest mistakes that i made during that time period is something that i bet is a mistake that a lot of you are making right now which is i believed that anxiety was not something that you could get past i believed that anxiety was something that you had to deal with in your life or you had to medicate away and i know that i will um, that i risk uh, upsetting people when i talk about dealing with anxiety outside of medication but it is something that i did and it is something that i have gotten past and i believe if i can get past it as bad as it was for me that it's something anybody can get past. I want to believe that that is true and real. I think that our minds are incredibly powerful and whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. So I thought I would tell you a little bit about my own journey with anxiety and how it affected me and my parenting and my marriage and then the steps that I took to get past it, it was not a quick journey for me. It took um, several years of work to really make incredible strides. But I can tell you today that I haven't had an anxiety attack in probably two years, which is incredible because I used to have them all the time. And I do still get, for lack of a better description, I do still get symptoms of anxiety. Every once in a while, I will still, feel it start to creep in, and I know how to shut it down. So I think it's one of the most powerful things I've learned as an adult is that tool. And I thought that I would give it to you in the hopes that you would find this helpful, or at the very least, that you would maybe start to ask yourself if you maybe have things in your life that you could do that would change your current state, that would change your suffering. Because make no mistake, if you are battling against an anxiety attack, if you battle against panic attacks, if you battle against depression, you are in a state of suffering. And I think that oftentimes, we just decide that this suffering is a part of life. We, we accept suffering as a part of life or we, um, we find handy things that we can use to mute the way that we're feeling. So we mute it with alcohol. We mute it with uh, prescription drugs. We mute it with recreational drugs. We mute it with different things so we don't have to really deal with how terrible it feels to suffer this way. But I... Feel really strongly that there's a way past it because I have gotten past it so this is not me preaching to you this is just me hopefully sharing some tips that I think could be helpful if you like me suffer from anxiety so I don't think that I had anxiety attacks until I became a mom I think it was probably after all three of the boys were, no, it was probably after Sawyer. So Sawyer is my second son. It would make sense that it would start after him. He is the baby that I had really, really bad postpartum depression after he was born. And the process of healing and coming back from that experience with him and learning to get past that postpartum was long and tough. And I do think that kind of, I don't mean to say this flippantly, but that kind of like kicked off when I started to feel other things. That's when the anxiety started to creep in. But I don't think that I had true attacks until a few years later. I would just feel uncomfortable a lot. I would feel a sense of worry. I would feel... um like my, almost like my skin was crawling. I would feel like something bad is going to happen. I would, and and these were just little tinges, but over time, if I want to encourage those of you who are listening to this, you're like, oh, I have that. I don't know that I've ever had a panic. I mean, I don't know that I've ever had an anxiety attack, but I've definitely had those feelings. Please take steps to deal with it now. Negative feelings don't magically go away suffering does not clear up on its own. It's not like a cold. You actually have to take steps to figure out what's causing the problem and how to get past it. So for me, I started to feel these little twinges of anxiety. And by the time, I want to say by the time I was ready, was thinking about getting pregnant with Ford, which would have been, six and a half years ago, I really struggled with it. And honestly, I just thought it was part of life. I am an entrepreneur. I own this business. I have this staff of people who count on me. I've got to make rent. I've got to do this, that, and the other thing. I've got to be a good wife and a good mom. And I have all these people to please and everything to make sure that that gets checked off my to-do list. And All of a sudden, I find myself having anxiety attacks. And an anxiety attack to me, I don't know if it feels the same to everybody, but an anxiety attack for me is a paralyzing sense of foreboding, a sense of doom. Something bad is about to happen. I can't move I can't function I'm so like my skin is crawling my heart is pounding I it's the worst for me it's so hard to if you suffer from anxiety and you have a partner who has never felt it because I remember during that time Dave would be like babe can you tell me like what what is wrong and I was like I don't know I there's nothing I know this doesn't make sense to you but I just something's wrong but nothing is does that that's only gonna that's only gonna resonate with people who have had similar panic or anxiety attacks where you're like I can't tell you why there's nothing setting this off for me it's just the way that I feel and I'm incapacitated by it and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now, it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. I would have an anxiety attack around um, when my hormones were out of whack. So when I'm a, when I'm PMSing, when I'm about to get my period, that is a lot of times when it would get worse. It's the same thing. I get migraines. Um, so a lot of times if I'm going to get a migraine during the month, it'll be when I'm more hormonal. But I just got anxiety attacks and just figured this is a part of life. Like I'll just, you know, drink some vodka or go to sleep or do something to try and get past it and it'll be better tomorrow it will have passed tomorrow the very first time that someone offered me medication to treat an anxiety attack was when I was going to have breast augmentation which I should totally do a podcast about that experience because it was hilarious and because I think there's so many women have so many feelings about what it means to get a boob job and my boobs had been destroyed by breastfeeding three giant babies and I just wanted them to look like themselves again so I was headed to go um, have surgery the next day and I had a uh, just like a crippling anxiety attack because in that case I was positive that I was gonna die like that mom on clueless remember the mom in clueless like a freak accident during a routine liposuction. Like her mom died (laughs) during plastic surgery. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Uh, So I was positive that was going to be me. And my doctor at the time was like, oh, do you want me to call in a prescription for Xanax? And I didn't want to take anything like Xanax. I didn't want to take anything that I thought there was a chance that my mood would start to be dependent on a drug but in that case it was so severe the anxiety was so severe that uh, I did take it and it did calm me down enough to get in surgery and thank the lord because now my tiny tiny boobs look fantastic but all of that to say that it was the first time I took Xanax not the last Uh, I would say after that I had this prescription for these low dose uh, very low milligram Xanax and then when I would have an anxiety attack I would take them and I hated them I hate 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 the feeling of Xanax I don't know I'm not it, I am so proud of anybody who does what they need to do to get mentally healthy so I'm not dogging on Xanax but for me I don't know if you guys feel like this but for me it I feel like I'm a zombie even even 24 hours or Later, I'm still, it's still in my system. Even the lowest dose, even the tiniest amount, I still feel like I can't, I don't feel anxiety anymore, but that's because I don't feel anything anymore. And I did not like the way that that felt. So I was like, okay, you're not going to take medicine. You've got to do something. Because I don't want to live like this anymore. So there are three things that I believe got rid of my anxiety. Like it's it's gone, it's done, I don't have a tax. It's not a thing in my life anymore. And they were things that I went in search of because I didn't wanna have to take medicine and I didn't wanna live this way anymore. So my three things were, number one, I went to therapy, I had gone to therapy Many times in my life after, the first time was after the death of my brother when I was 14. Later on, I went to therapy as a young adult to deal with the post-traumatic stress disorder that I had from his death. And in this instance, I went to see this therapist because I was having really bad anxiety attacks and I wanted to get to the bottom of them. And it sucked sucked. Going to therapy sucks. I don't know anybody who's like, man, I want to go sit on a couch and just dig up all this crap from my childhood and all of the stuff that I'm feeling and all of the things. But I, I can only speak to my own experience of this. But in my own experience, anxiety was the ghost of the body's buried that I was pretending I didn't know was there. Does that make sense? I had all of this stuff that I had buried and pushed down deep inside where it can't hurt anybody except it does hurt me because it's manifesting itself in these anxiety attacks. And it wasn't until I did, it probably took six to nine months of going once a week to meet with my therapist to dig in to the why's. And it takes a long time to get to, you got to start at the beginning, right? Like the very, it's like, tell me about this. And then you follow a rabbit trail and another rabbit trail. And it takes just, if you've never been to therapy, it'll take at least six weeks, I think, six sessions before you start to, they start to know you enough that they can kind of peel back the layers of those onions. But it was in doing that that I began to see patterns, that I began to understand what makes me feel anxious, what makes me feel nervous, what gives me these feelings. And in doing so, I was able to find out that I had a trigger. There was a trigger that would happen every single time that I had an anxiety attack. And it was always based on the same feeling of, wait for it because you're probably gonna laugh i don't want anybody to be disappointed in me i don't want anybody to be mad at me i don't want anybody to dislike me oh lord bless blessed assurance people pleaser is mine I couldn't have told you that before all of the therapy. I couldn't have like gotten to the bottom of the stories of the role that I played in my family and the things that I grew up believing and understanding that I, I they would say, what is making you feel this way? And I'd be like, I don't know. And every single time I have an anxiety attack, you guys, I can track it. If I keep going, uh, this is a question I asked myself all back in the day. I would say, okay. When did you start feeling like this? Because you didn't wake up anxious. Something happened that set you off. Something was a trigger and I could track it back. And it could be I talked to my literary agent on the phone and I wasn't going to be able to turn in my manuscript when I thought I was. And now in my head, even though she hadn't said anything in my head, I had decided she's probably going to be disappointed with me or maybe i was driving to work and i was feeling great that some of you're going to just be like you are crazy but there's like 3 of you who are going to understand this if if someone got mad at me in traffic if someone like screamed at me in traffic and shook their fist at me and whatever it would i wouldn't know it but it would start to give me those feelings this total stranger is upset with me and now i'm having and now and then 4 hours later i'm having a full blown anxiety attack so going to therapy taught me that I had a trigger and knowing what my trigger was meant that I could now, if I found myself in the middle of an anxiety attack, I could, I could backtrack. Like I could take seven steps back until what time of day did you start feeling like this? Okay, and what happened? You talked to one of your employees and they were frustrated by something that you said and now you're having an anxiety attack because of something that happened yesterday at 2 p.m. So knowing that you have a trigger means you can find a trigger means a lot of times I could talk myself down from the anxiety attack because I'd be like, oh, that, the stranger in the car, like that's the thing that's ruining your life right now, making you incapable to function, to be a wife, to be a mother, that's the thing. And sometimes they were so idiotic that I would be like, okay, all right, this is dumb and I could talk myself out of it. For years, I hadn't known that there was a trigger, so I didn't even know to look for it. Other times, your trigger, even if you know what it is, it doesn't matter. Sometimes the anxiety is so bad that even if you're like, this is so stupid, you still can't get past it. So, uh, the one of the biggest changes, and oh, please, please, please listen to me, is that I learned to change my physiology. Meaning, I, I, I learned to change the state of my body. I learned to be on offense with anxiety and stress instead of defense. I didn't wait until I had an anxiety attack. I did things in advance to ensure that I wouldn't get to that place. So I started running. I started working out. I started dancing. I mean, if you guys see me on Instagram in the morning, you've seen me in my car, you see me with my kids. Dancing to music is a huge part of my life. And that is because it changes your physiology. You change, you you shake everything up. You're feeling good. Your body's feeling good. I love music. Music makes me so happy. And even when I don't feel like it, even when I want to fight it, because sometimes we want to just like be in our bad mood, music will always, always get me out of it if I let it. Music will always pull me out of my state if I allow it to. So I went on the offense. I I got really dedicated about making sure that I was getting regular exercise in because it's the best stress reliever that I know. whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. I am taking my four children away this weekend traveltexas.com slash get your own. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. figured out or I I went to therapy I figured out what my triggers were I did battle against them okay let's how do I break how do I unpack these and I got very serious about offensive physical movement like being on the offense about making sure that I was getting exercise to reduce my stress the fourth thing is life-changing which is why you guys have heard me talk about it before, and you will never hear me stop talking about this, is I learned gratitude work. I learned to sit in gratitude. I learned to live my days in gratitude for what is around me. If you don't take anything else out of this podcast today or our time together, hear me well. You cannot be grateful and anxious at the same time. It's actually impossible. Try it. Try and get into a state of total gratitude. Sit down and think of, meditate on all of your blessings. Just um, really live in that state and see if your anxiety even stands a chance. This is another sort of offensive move that you can take to ensure that you never even get close to an anxiety attack is just live in gratitude. So I start every day with a meditation on on what I'm grateful for. It takes about 15 minutes, and I close my eyes and I take myself through three moments in my life that, and I just I will choose anything at random. Sometimes it's the same thing, but but moments that I am really truly to my core grateful for so you you get in a comfortable state you close your eyes you think of one thing we'll do this as a i'll do this as a like a podcast for you guys so that you can have it but you think of one thing that you are deeply grateful for and you experience it like you're experiencing it again so for me one of my favorites is last summer we got to go to Ibiza and we had the most beautiful day we we rented a boat and we went out on a boat and we were in the water and the sun was amazing and the water was splashing on us and Dave and I were laughing and we were having champagne and we got to go swimming and we wa- like I just will relive this moment in my mind in as much detail to try and make yourself remember what that felt like. And I will even make myself have, I will make myself choose moments of gratitude to meditate on that are painful. So um, a big one for me is if you know our adoption journey, then you know we were placed with newborn twins. We had them for six weeks. We named them. They were our daughters. And then their biological father decided that he wanted them back and we lost them. And it was eviscerating for me. And it might surprise you to know that one of my gratitude meditations is the feeling of Atticus and Elliot laying on my chest. It's the feeling of the weight of those daughters and that moment and the gratitude for what we got to be for each other for the short time that we had. So I start every day doing 15 minutes of this, of just meditating three things, five minutes each, or less, depending on how much time you have, to just get into a state of just wild blessings, wildly blessed. And I don't care who you are or what you're going through. You are blessed. If you are listening to a podcast right now on some kind of device or you have access to the internet, you are doing better than 99.9% of this world's population. My friend, you are blessed. And the more you look for blessings, the more you will find them. So I meditate every morning on gratitude. And this is the thing. To this day, every once in a while, I'll feel a little something. I'll feel something. A great example is with Girl Wash Your Face coming out a few weeks ago. I was starting to feel anxiety. It was the first time in a long time I was starting to feel anxiety. And if you know my trigger now, you know I'm afraid of disappointing people. I don't want, all of you have been so supportive. This tribe has been so incredible. And I started to have an anxiety attack. Oh my gosh, what if you get the book and you don't like it? What if you think it was all not worth it? What if you feel like I wasted your time? I started to just go down the spiral and immediately, immediately close my eyes, go into a gratitude meditation and just sit in the gratitude of what it means to be a published author when that was my dream for so long. Just just dwell in how it feels to get notes from you guys telling me what the book has meant in your life. Just just sit in all of this gratitude. I'm so blessed by this experience. And when I come out of it, I can't feel that anxiety anymore. It's gone because I've replaced it with too much good stuff. I've replaced it with just living beautifully. I think anxiety and uh, panic and depression and frustration and fear and anger, that is suffering. And I think the opposite of suffering is living beautifully. And both of those are a choice that you can make. So I don't know what your road to get around anxiety will be. I hope you will choose to keep fighting toward the direction of something better because it's not fast, it's not a quick journey. It's retraining your mind. It's figuring out, it's rewiring those habits. Your anxiety attacks, those are, that's a habit. You've done it so many times, your body knows exactly how to go. Your nervous system knows exactly how to freak out. You can choose to create new habits. So for me, therapy, figuring out my triggers, changing my physiology, and deep work every single day and how immensely blessed I am. I hope, I hope that you have found at least a kernel of something amongst this list that you will try in your own life and that you will take steps to, to living a more beautiful life because suffering is a choice and you were made for more. Have you been dying for a chance to get away? Are you wanting the opportunity to get your cup filled back up? Do you want to hang out with a bunch of the coolest women you've ever met and drink some wine and have your butt lovingly kicked by some of the greatest female speakers on the planet? Then you need to come and hang out with us at Rise Weekend LA. April 6th and 7th, it is the most fun, most encouraging, most motivational thing you can do with your life this year. Head over to let'srise.co for more info. And sister, I sincerely hope that I will see you there. We will be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, if you have a moment and you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is life. To those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, you can check out deuspodcast.com or stalk me on every form of social media. I am Miss Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week. Register today at this is ils.org. Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually. Then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details.